What happens in this house stays in this house. Strength Over Silence podcast. I am your host, Tammy Montgomery Dozier. Thanks again for listening. I am very excited again this week. I have a special guest. He's been on here before, and I am so excited that he agreed to come back here and uh, listen to me talk again. It's like, great. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, I am introducing you to again to Jay Collins. Say hello, Jay. Hey, how's everybody doing? How you doing, Miss Tammy? I am doing great. What about yourself today? I am wonderful. Every day that I get to try and be the best I can, it's a good day. So, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That is a beautiful oh, yeah. thing. What is that? They say millions didn't make it. But I was one. Don't get Hello. me started. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I asked you to come back here again because there's so much going on in the world. It's like every day you wake up in a bad movie scene or something that just will not go away. So I invited you to talk about your new project that is coming out. It's going to be out next week. Can you talk to us about that? Yes, yes. So with Spa Theater, let's speak, uh, speak with Publishers and Office Association. We have a theater and we've been doing virtual production since the beginning of pandemic. Thanks to our fearless leader, Dr. Michael B. Wilkins. Uh, we did a murder mystery series, and this will be actually the first of just a regular series. And we're talking about privileged. And it's basically based on the theory, we'll call it, of white privilege and the relevance that it may or may not have today. We kind of timed it perfectly to coincide uh, during election week. So depending on what happens Tuesday of next week, we'll kind of determine the finalization of our production for Friday of next week when we're talking about privilege. So my question to you, what made you come up with this concept? So what made me come up with the concept that's been brewing for a couple of years, specifically in race relations, and then more recently in our denial of blatant racism in our country. It's not funny, but it's just peculiar. I bet I guess it's a better word to say. With the advancement of technology and everybody has cell phones that have cameras on them, we're capturing what has always occurred. But to mainstream society, in other words, white America or non-colored America, it looks as though this is some sort of new trend. And it's like, no, you can trace this throughout history. Police brutality, us as African-American people, as indigenous American people, other minorities, we have been terrorized throughout the generations by our Caucasian brothers and sisters. So do you think that with everything, it's like almost an uprising because of everything that's going on. Now, no matter what happens, the anger is just there. It just comes out whenever something happens. So as you said before, do you think that people are just tired and fed up? Do you think the level has changed to be more than it was before? Or people are just tired. And it's just like, you know what? No more. I'm not taking it anymore. I think it's a combination, almost a, a cult, cultivation of years and years of our plight has been denied. People didn't believe our story. And they continue to happen over and over again. Historically, no action really has taken place without violence or some sort of excuse me, bloodshed. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Slavery really didn't end until the Civil War tore through North and South. Yes. You know, we didn't really see any real 
substantive change with the civil rights movement until the assassination of our leaders, uh, white and black, Dr. King and President Kennedy. And then all of a sudden things will start to hit home. So as we've gone through the years, the decades, the generations, there is an unwritten rule that when we peacefully voice our complaints, we stand up for our injustices, we really don't see any real solutions even, or just maybe a basic acknowledgement of the problem until we act a fool. That is very you know, true. Look at Rodney King. That was on video. That was like one of the first times something like that was videotaped. And it was shown all over the world. The police officers were arrested. They had a trial and they got off. Yeah. Nobody could believe there was substantive proof. But yet these gentlemen walked away. So here we are again. Now, Rodney King was what? In, in the early 90s. Here we yes. are. A couple of decades later, the same thing. Everybody saw the videotape of Philando Castile. Yes. Or the gentleman in Minnesota. All this was videotaped. And yet these people still got off. So it's a culmination of frustration. We're tired. And it's like now there really is no excuse because thanks to technology, we can show you exactly what has happened. And you still tell us that there's no regard for our lives, which, you know, hello, Black Lives Matter. Right. Now, do you think that what we're going through now, because sometimes we go through things and we get upset and then it dies down. So do you think this is a moment or are we actually in a movement where this has to change? I think, unfortunately, we keep there incidents after incidents after incidents after incidents. So it really can't die down because the same things keeps happening. It'd be okay. different if this, these were isolated incidents, but they're not. This is an everyday occurrence. And what has happened for a lot of us, and this is why I say it's sort of a generational thing, uh, older people of color and African-Americans have a spirit of complacency because this is just how it's always been. And we've come to accept that. Where nowadays, you know, mainstream America has tried to convince us that racism no longer exists, that that was a thing of the past. Well, see, that's a hard pill to sell now when we have proof you know, video after video after video that it does exist. So there's a gap here that they can't really explain. And this has caused our younger generation to kind of throw up their hands and say, we have marched peacefully, we tried nonviolence, yes. we've gathered, and you come to our nonviolent protests and provoke us. So now it's a feeling of, we're going to do what you have done to us all these years. Now it's right. our turn to flip the tables and terrorize you. It's not right, but I understand it. I mean, think about it. If you trace history, and this goes back to privilege that we're speaking of, what gave any person, any man the right to come to a foreign land where people already uh, reside and have a way of life established and take that land from them yes. after making them teach them how to live and then saying, if you don't give it up, we're going to kill you and all of your family and just continue this pattern of behavior over and over and over again. And it's become acceptable in their world. Oh, yeah. in throughout, their no, world. no, throughout the entire world. It's not yeah. just their world. We as African-Americans, all of us are operating white, black, blue, and brown under the slavery syndrome. Yes. And definitely. we don't even realize it as a people. 
we have been conditioned and trained throughout the generations to act and react a certain way. I went back and I read The Making of a Slave because with everything went on, I was like, oh my God, this is just too much. And I just wanted to see where we were. Are we still in the same spot mentally that we were when that came out and when he wrote that? And it's the exact same thing. They said that they will be able to keep doing this for the next couple of hundred years. And it it is the exact same thing about how we're going Mm -hmm. against each other and how all these things are transpiring. And it's just amazing to me when you said that about mentally how we are, the slave syndrome. That's what we are at this present moment. It even extends into our Caucasian family. And I say family because we're all God's children, but... On the Caucasian side, they do things and react a certain way, and even they don't understand it. These younger generations, they don't know. know, They come to victimize themselves as opposed to taking accountability and responsibility for their ancestors and their present privilege that they take for granted. And of course they take it for granted because that's all they've known. So with this play, Privilege, what do you want people to get out of it? What do you want people to walk away with? So because times have especially with the pandemic and then all the injustices that have played out right before us and uh, just everything that's going on. We want to provide an entertainment, but we also want to educate you and cause you to do what is feared across the world. And that's for us as people to think. So we're making light of some things, but the totality of the production, you're going to walk away thinking about some things and it's on both sides. Think about some things that we as African-Americans uh, display, as well as our Caucasian family. It will cause you to think. And when you stop and think, uh, then maybe we can get something accomplished. Because we have been conditioned to react. We have not been taught to stop and think first. That's true. So what do you think one of the biggest things now with privilege like when you go out into the world, and most people may not recognize what privilege is, because you talk to some people, they might not well. Well, African-Americans, we mainly know, but people of other races, how would you explain privilege to them? So to explain privilege to them is is different. It's difficult, should I say, to explain to someone that's not willing to see the truth. Mm -hmm. That just because of how you look, which is what it all comes down to, you are treated a certain way, which is better and above other classes of people. And it goes so deep. It's not just our Caucasian family. Mm-hmm. But there's privilege that goes with being lighter skin versus darker skin. That is very true. And sometimes darker skin over lighter skin. If you have a certain name on paper, there's a certain privilege over other types of names on paper. Even and a zip code. We, even the zip code, because it, the demographic in that zip code tends to be racially this or that. Yes. You know, and we joke about it all the time, you know, about naming our kids something. So, you know, names that if seen on an application, they'll have a shot. And so it won't sound so black. Mm-hmm. You know, studies have shown if you see Tisha Jackson or Jennifer Grogan, nine times out of ten, the one that will get picked is the one that sounds Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So with this, with everything that you're doing. Oh, let, let me go here. Our scene that okay. you and I have in this thing. Oh, in yeah. privilege. That is the most, when I first read it out loud, that is the most heartening. And you guys, I'm not going to tell you about it. You have to come and watch it. It is so amazing. That is 
the ultimate uh, thing that's going on now. What is the one thing that has happened out of all of these guys, out of all of these Trayvon, um, George Floyd, which was the one that has hit you the hardest out of all of those? And I think you already know the answer to this. Uh, Trayvon Martin is the one that hit me the hardest. Um, I have yet to get over it. I used to jokingly say it traumatized me for life, but it's really true. And um, Tammy is, you know, you're one of my good friends, so you know I've been boycotting Florida. Just that occurred, and that's been years now. But as much as I love Disney World and Universal, and they have the Harry Potter theme park, I was dying to go, but I refused to give my hard-earned money to the businesses of the state of Florida based on that Trayvon Martin and the other young lady who used that same stand of ground, and they threw her in jail. And George Zimmerman, Zimmerman shot this child. This is yes. one of our children. After he was given directive to stop following him and leave him alone, he ignored that and followed this young man, got into a fight. And because Trayvon Martin whooped his behind, he shot and killed him. That's really what it comes down to. And so to treat our children like this. And I remember President Obama wearing a T-shirt that says, I am Trayvon. That could have been, that is, on any day, our children. And I had enough. It's like, not the children. It's not right across the board, but don't do this to our children. I remember listening to that tape. And I remember that gunshot. And then you heard him struggling, and then it was no more. It was just silence. Mm -hmm. It was the worst thing I think I had ever experienced, hearing that. The worst. Yes. and I I remember he screamed out, help. And then it was like a pause, and you heard the gunshot. And yes. the nine one operator froze, you know, just, yeah, I yeah. will never forget it, never forget it. Yes. And the thing that you and I uh, participate in, when we did our first rehearsal, I remember fighting back real tears to get the lines out because it was so close to my heart. Yeah. It's powerful. It's very powerful. Very powerful. So I'm not going to keep you long. I have another question for you. So with mm-hmm. everything going on, as far as like now people are doing things on Zoom, as we've been doing our virtual Zoom, do you think that this is the way it's going to continue to be? Almost Even definitely. Everything opens back up? Even when everything opens up, I think it will be a slow process to get back to where we once were, you know, uh, stadiums filled with people coming for entertainment. Uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, you remember there was more acts of terrorism with uh, people being shot and targeted racism at these concerts or at these nightclubs. So I think this era of perfecting virtual entertainment, I think it will catch on even beyond the pandemic. And you're doing an awesome job. I mean, coming up with these ideas. Besides privilege, what else do you have coming up? Well, you know, we work together. Um, I do have a book that's out currently. It's called The Spirituals. Yay! And it was ranked in the top 20 of its demographic group on Amazon. I was very pleased about that. I'm currently working on my second book, which is called The Sacred Secrets, which is uh, number two in the trilogy from the first book. Also, our uh, Spot Theater. We are working on our Christmas play, How COVID Stole Christmas. And damn it, now we're stealing it back. Hello. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to miss that. It'll be a comical musical array to inspire you this holiday season. And so uh, always working with Spot, that's all. So if our people want to get tickets for Privilege, how do they get them? 
You can go to the SPA website, www.spatheater.org, and theater is T-H-E-A-T-E-R. Sometimes we get fancy and say T-H-E-A-T-R-E. No, 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 no. <laughs> or uh, spausa.org. Either one. All right. Tickets so are ten dollars per household. Okay. And what I would suggest is you invite the family, you invite uh, your friends. Either charge everybody two dollars to cover <laughs> your ten dollars, or or you do like me, you a gangster, charge everybody five dollars. You get <laughs> ten people to come, have some snacks or whatever, and make it a night. And then when the production is over. We are encouraging a dialogue, us to actually have, after the performance, open dialogue so we can discuss a few things that maybe have hit close to our hearts. So, last thing, what do you want to say to people out there about this production and why they should be here? Why they should what come? I'd like to, what I'd like to say, and thank you so much, uh, Tammy, you are like one of my most favorite people on earth. I, I love you thank and you. appreciate you so much just for who you are. What I'd like to say to everyone about this production privilege. I just want you to understand one thing. We are poking fun at quite a few things, stereotypes, uh, different things that have played out, especially recently. And then we're kind of hitting you very slyly with some powerful points to cause you to think. This is a production that the entire family should get together and watch because we talk so much about things that are going on Let's not just talk about things. Let's sit down and come together with plans of action to change our lifestyle. Our history, our ancestors, they fought and died for us to have basic freedoms. And here we are hundreds of years later still fighting for those basic human freedoms. So let's come together, be entertained, but educated and even inspired to affect change in our community. All right. Well, sir, thank you once again for being on my show. My name is Tammy Montgomery Dovier, and thank you for listening to What Happens in This House Stays in This House, Strength Over Silence podcast. I can be reached at 773-251-5537 or my website, www.connectedbyloveconsulting.net. Thank you, guys, and be blessed. Tammy Nay. Tammy Nay. Yes. Before we go, can I give a shout-out? Sure. Can I shout-out Grandpa? And his episode that he did on the podcast was off the chain. He says you're going to do a part two with him. I'm waiting Yes, on that. I am. Okay, thank you. <laughs> off the chain. Thank you, Thank you. All right.